0: Uh, an ad at the beginning of this and and investing into um, solid lead gen for qualified sales appointments to be able to afford you to sell a high ticket offer whatever it may be, Um, most people don't really reverse engineer the whole thing. So starting at the end is really key to think back to, okay, how many sales do I actually want here? I know it's quite a basic question, but how many, that how what how many calls do i actually need to have in order to be able to have that many calls obviously i have a show up rate so there's a whole process that we look through initially of like if we assume that the show up rate is going to be say 70 percent. if we assume that the close ratio is going to be um like 25 percent
1: listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ed Poor Ed podcast. is your host Zach Johnson, I'm with DC Dylan Carpenter. How you doing today, Dylan?
0: Good man. I've got a special guest today. I've actually seen him speak twice at the Chat Conference. I'm pumped for this one.
1: Today's guest has spoken at every marketing conference. <laughs> I feel like uh, if you've been to any marketing conference pre pre 2020, you know who today's uh, <laughs> today's guest is. But. I think uh, the best way I want to introduce him is as a guy that that made the transition, made the transition out of uh, the agency life. A guy that that had great success, really. I mean, you know, there's Dan Kennedy is your in your client roster is a is a pretty pretty big win. I mean, those they have some pretty high expectations over there, um, and uh, yeah, I'm mean, I'm pretty excited to have him on. He's he's uh, obviously been on. Uh, everybody's podcast as well, <laughs> featured, you know, a digital marketer and perpetual traffic and social media examiner and um, on soft's stages. And uh, I think that what he's up to now with uh, his coaching program and his, his mastermind is really helping um, agency owners create more leverage and create their own, Education and uh, coaching businesses. I would say he's also, you know, not exclusively working with agencies. But if you're listening to this, uh, I think that uh, and maybe you're a little burned out on on agency life. You're 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 thinking about how do I get more leverage and uh, escape? You know, doing fulfillment one on one. Uh, This is going to be a phenomenal episode for you. So, Dylan, let's do it, huh?
0: hype man you are the hype man of the century man
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: man ollie billson hey how you doing thanks i'm fantastic on absolutely thanks for having me on guys appreciate it
1: yes sir yes sir so for the the folks that may not have uh seen you around give everybody a little bit up to speed on what you're up to uh right now and what you're working on
0: yeah sure thing so i think Probably, uh, and thanks for the introduction, that was mighty. Um, Yeah, (laughs) most people probably know me from um, kind of speaking on on stage really about how uh, we've helped grow typically information, marketing, coaching, mastermind type businesses. And um, really, for a very long period of time, we were running an agency, we were fairly successful at doing that, and uh, had quite a roster of clients. Um, and we managed to grow it very quickly up to nearly four hundred thousand dollars a month of recurring revenue, which was pretty awesome. It was great, um, but um, uh, we really amassed a lot of intellectual property, we amassed a lot of uh, systems tools and things that powered us to be able to get results for our clients and which was pretty awesome. but um, kind of bringing an agency up to that point, uh, the service delivery aspect of it was really killing me. And so we decided to pivot into, uh, really teaching people what we were doing for others, which was helping them build their own online education businesses. And so I acquired nextlevelbusiness.com. Um, and that's really where I spend my time now helping other agency owners escape that life or service based businesses, um, really either build a business inside of the business, uh, as an additional income stream or pivot entirely with what they know into running their own coaching programs, mastermind, and, uh, Online programs. So one of the things
1: that I see a lot of agencies struggle with in as they're wanting to do this, and I feel like I've talked with many agencies that that have this on their to-do list for several years, uh, and aren't able to fully uh, make that pivot. But I think one of the biggest things that they struggle with is the structuring of the the offer, and and how it's so different <laughs> than uh, the agency offer, right? The agency's offers is like, Oh, this is your problem. Like I can do that for you. you. A lot of times in the agency space, a lot of people just end up, you know, taking orders, uh, for the most part. Um, and, uh, so what do you typically are, you know, teach with, with next level business and your mastermind in terms of how people can start thinking about structuring an offer here?
0: Yeah so I think probably one of the things that people don't really realize is that this opportunity lives inside of their their agency or their business because they're constantly um using what they know to be able to get results and typically what they know is should be structured into some sort of system Perhaps they've already started thinking about productizing their offering and they've heard that thrown around a little bit. Um, and so they've got some standard operating practices maybe that they use to set up ads or uh, you know be able to get a good type message to market match for their clients and do different things. And actually, a lot of these things can be born about of actually just creating a great library of what we actually do as a business day to day that then then can transcend into, well, if we can train internally how we do these things, then actually these are things that may we may want to offer out to the market, either for clients that might not be so well qualified for our done-for-you offer, um, or as a, a way to um, attract many more people to, to what we actually do that then may actually gravitate up and ascend up to our done-for-you offer. So it can either be an entry-level offer or it can certainly attract many different types of people to you with things and assets that you've got around you that that already exist, really. Um, So it kind of really is initially born about, in most cases, from we've probably already got training, we've already probably got internal training, um, or we're thinking about it. Um, Why not structure it initially almost for ourselves and then that could be something that would be of value to to perhaps other people in order to be able to get that result for them um, as a kind of a done with you or a, a DIY kind of um, opportunity that they could take advantage of.
1: Yeah, oh, I love it. So one of the things that we absolutely love to dive into this show is winning winning ad campaigns and, uh, and rich ads. I, I, I'm curious... You know, you get to see a lot of uh, different funnels, but you know, <laughs> both from your agency days and you know what you guys are doing yourself, you know, right now versus uh, you know what your what your coaching and mastermind students are doing. Talk to us about a rich ad, like what what's working, you know, in the space right now to be able to sell, uh, you know, high ticket coaching program and and mastermind in. In uh, in a time of COVID where masterminds were pretty much like the whole value of masterminds, meeting up in a cool place and being in person and kind of this like intimate setting. Um, coaching, you know, not so much so, but uh, yeah, break it down yeah, for us. Totally. But what's, what's working
0: now? Well, I think probably I've got a bit of an unfair advantage when it comes to kind of uh, phone funnels and being able to drive a predictable level of qualified um, sales appointments um, just because my back story is kind of selling high ticket um, with everything else that I'd done even before our agency stuff. So I kind of draw upon a lot of that experience of when it comes to creating a you know, um, a, a rich and winning ad um, for, for being able to do this. Because as you know, and you've probably had a lot of people on that as well, that also make a great business from this. A lot of people kind of subscribe to the idea of like the Ascension ladder and the fact that, you know, we have to kind of generate a lead and then we have to find a way to kind of liquidate the cost of that lead with some kind of lower end offer. And then there's some sort of ascension path ultimately to them getting to the promised land, you know, at the top of the tree, top of the pyramid there. Mm. And um, quite honestly, although, yeah, we've been really successful in some kind of information, information publishing businesses, um, doing that for people um, and advising upon that, most of what we teach is actually quite the opposite. And it's basically taking somebody completely cold from click to high ticket client in a very short period of time Um, and I think probably the best place to start really is at the end Um, and one of the things that I find when it comes to creating uh, an ad at the beginning of this and and investing into um, solid lead gen for qualified sales appointments to be able to afford you to sell a high ticket offer whatever it may be um, most people don't really reverse engineer the whole thing so Starting at the end is really key to think back to okay, how many sales do I actually want here? I know it's quite a basic question, but how many that how what how many calls do I actually need to have in order to be able to have that many calls? Obviously, I have a show up rate, so there's a whole process that we look through initially of like if we assume that the show up rate is going to be say seventy percent, if we assume that the close ratio is going to be. Um, Like 25%, then how many people would need to um, go and make an application? How many of those people that make an application actually book a call? Um, How many of the people that watched our video go and make an application? How many people actually then opted in to watch the video? Then how many people actually clicked from the ad to the landing page and we actually registered a landing page view? And then all the way back to making assumptions about even CPMs and thinking about our market and and what we're likely to pay in terms of CPMs. And from that kind of now going from front to back, we can say, well, if our CPMs are, say, $30 um, and our click-through rate is, say, 1%, and our landing page conversion is, say, 30%, and our video view conversion is, like, 12%, um, and then our application to scheduler is say seventy um, percent and our short rate seventy percent. We pretty much know that if we're selling a ten thousand dollar offer um, that it's probably going to cost us somewhere in the region of about two to two and a half thousand dollars to acquire that client, um, which sounds amazing, but one of the things that most people don't realize is is that cash collection and revenue are two completely different things. So depending upon the payment plan of that $10,000 invoice, we know we need to understand like what the cash flow trough is in terms of mm-hmm. how far are we, how close are we to that um, in order for us to get what's the cash collection on day one of invoice, um, that we're not just banking revenue, that it's actually cash collection that then allows us and affords us margin on the front to be able to put back into ads and continue beginning to scale. Have you um, seen
1: with covid have you seen a lot more payment plans and a lot less pay you know throw down the full full 10k if you make a decision right now.
0: Yeah, what was really what's actually really interesting is at the point where all of this craziness was going on and I think there's probably a little bit more craziness going on in <laughs> to, to to come even. Um mm-hmm. but what I would say is um, it was actually quite the opposite for us. Uh, we actually were finding that most people were, um, were actually doing full pays for a lot of our programs, um, really without any incentive-based pricing to, to, to be able to do that. Maybe that's because they wanted to, there was some psychology of wanting to really lock that in and not wanting to fall behind if anything would happen, that they really wanted to see what we we're offering as a catalyst for them. And in a lot of cases, what we do, obviously, is position more as a new opportunity um, versus and that's the vehicle for them um and and I think people wanted to be all in with that um mm. and you know i I think for me uh that's probably quite you know most people probably expect me to say of course there was a lot more payment plans because fulfilled people had fallen hard on times but this is related to a a what I'm just about to say is related to a rich ad is like This is something that I picked up a long time ago. There's like three kind of categories of like offer. Um, The first is like repair, a repair-based offer. And so, you know, if you see an ad um, and somebody is touting that, you know, they can help you or do something in some way, um, if it falls under the category of that you're repairing something for them, uh, you're fixing something for them, um generally speaking that 's not that sexy um and it 's difficult to create something that 's really going to pull people in if it 's just repair. The second is improvement um and a, an improvement based ad is much better than a repair based ad um and most people 's ads quite frankly um i 'm generalizing stereotyping um but fall in this kind of catch of being improvement and you know improvement is kind of linked to some form of obligation really um and you know is probably put in a bit of a category of being uh, addressed with a lot of other options um and then the third which most people know this um but rarely actually practice it is opportunity and opportunities really more related with desire than anything else. And of course, it's much easier to create more of a category of one when you're positioning something with a unique mechanism um, and a unique mechanism to the problem as well as the solution. Um, and those are the ads really that really create some form of traction and have longevity as well in terms of creative because um regard i mean especially for high ticket offers that we're not having to constantly recreate refresh creative all the time to continually get high cpms we can kind of create these kind of almost like trojan horse type uh, ads that um that last a lot longer um and uh, that have a much better half life to them now uh, when it comes to your kind of the coaching mastermind style kind of with these types of offers do you you know Kind of teach everybody each individual one and how to come up or craft an offer for them, you know, based off their skill sets, or do they have them focus in one specific area? How do you kind of incorporate that in your kind of coaching out of curiosity? Yeah. So I think when a lot of people come to us, they may already have an idea of like, oh, maybe I want to do a membership, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like a subscription, a higher kind of like level subscription. Uh, some people think, you know, selling a $2,000 product is a good idea, like a digital product. Um and they kind of fall in this kind of range here, whether it's a well there are two different things. if we address the first thing, some people think, well, what I've got is probably worth a few thousand dollars, and I can sell that through some sort of automated webinar um but the reality is is with certainly the cost of advertising um there that there, there is a lot less margin and a lot more there's a lot more chance that you know that might not go right for you uh, compared to having a much higher ticket offer that is actually going to deliver a a much bigger transformation that's really what we focus on is instead of thinking about just solving one problem for somebody which a lot of people teach which is cool you know there's a lot of good four hundred dollar courses nine nine seven courses two thousand dollar courses thinking about a program that has the component of the curriculum, which gives them the teaching, the training, the self-paced learning, but then also has the coaching element to it as well. Mm. Um, and that then really extends the value of what you're offering into something that's probably more like five or ten thousand dollars, which means you can then affordably spend a lot more money to get the right people into the program that you can really help make a full transformation. Um, to 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 be able to make that you know, a real reality for them with not just information alone, but backed up by coaching and a proper kind of support structure. So I guess really the answer is, um, we really know that we're more about trying to help people see that their offer should be more transformative. And in doing so, it can't really just be information related. There needs to be some sort of community element there also needs to be some sort of coaching element and there also needs to be an information part to it as well mm, that makes total sense and with these specific high ticket offers do y'all usually have down sells going into them or something kind of along those lines to where i'm kind of curious if whenever sure. you kind of go in for you know high ticket 5 to 10k offer and maybe you end up throwing something 997 in their face that could deter the more you know core offering being the high ticket yeah. side Have you ever kind of seen anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So, uh, let's assume that you're an agency owner. Maybe you're an agency owner that specializes in SEO, for example. Um, And you came to us, Next Level Business, and you were like, "Hey, you know, like I'm thinking about creating like a coaching program, mastermind, or something like that." Really, we would focus on um, building and 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 setting up. Really, like I won't go through the whole process, but like a a beta type charter program to begin with, because most people, you shouldn't really create a program until you've sold it first. You don't really know what the market needs. Um, So there's a whole kind of MVP process to actually doing this rather than hoping you build it and they'll come. Um, But let's suppose you're starting and it's a $6,000 program uh, that your your, program is going to be. Generally speaking, most that's going to really be targeted. Your SEO program is going to be based really to other business owners, right? Mm-hmm. And those business owners, their B2B, they probably have budget $6,000 on a program or a coaching program. They're going to see the value because they can see the return because they've already got a business. Makes sense, Right. Um, so that's really where they should focus because there's already a need, there's already a problem, there's a challenge, there's also desire there in the marketplace to improve your SEO and to do it probably yourself rather than using an agency. So um, that's my kind of program and that's the first place they should go. They have the right margin to be able to do it. Your question is about downsell, which I'll come back to in a second. So that's the first program you should create. The second program is some form of ascension for clients that want more proximity to you um, and also value the community aspect of being around other people like them that have got results from that middle program, that $6,000 program that you've put them through. And they may want to come into a higher level coaching or mastermind group that may be more like 25, uh, 36,000, 70,000 a year to be part of, to be much part of a higher elite level, I suppose. Like you've got really good at it, and now you want to just get, you know, you want to refine it and really take things to the next level. So there, those two offers, a coaching program and a mastermind are both B2B offers. You know, you're not going to sell somebody off the street into your mastermind right off the bat, but it provides good lifetime value for that ascension from the middle program to the mastermind. And the other thing with the mastermind, there isn't a lot of deliverable other than some um pre-scheduled quarterly meetings, and maybe another call each week that's done in a group. So people like that element to it once they've built that first program and they've maxed it out. Usually most people in our program start thinking about a mastermind once they're up to about 100,000 a month. And then they'll say, well, how do I take this to the next level now? Will you kind of make that step uh, where you've already got customers that you can sell into and ascend them up? So really you've kind of got two programs. Now, um, we haven't even touched any low-ticket stuff or any down downsells. We've really just been very, very focused on that middle program. Now, where the lower ticket, let's say 997 or $2,000 program, uh, and it probably goes up to about three k, to be honest with you, comes in, is where all of our marketing has been focused around B2B. And what we might want to do is create a business opportunity. So what we might want to do, if I'm an SEO agency owner and I've created this coaching program, I might want to now create a how to start and grow your own hyper-profitable local search engine um, marketing agency in your local area and make your first $10,000 a month. That might be the offer. And because they've got the capital behind them, they've got the cash flow behind them from the success they've had from the coaching program and the mastermind, they can now go to a much broader audience that may not be business owners or they may be freelancers and they can offer a business opportunity knowing that they can you know affordably market to those people and those people will be buying those offers because that's really the kind of point that uh, makes sense and they can then build you know more of the foundational stuff for how to start and grow a business so it kind of goes b2b and then a B2B ascension, and then we come back round to more of a B2C business opportunity offer at a lower end. So it's less of a downsell, it's more of a uh, a repositioning of a different market, really. That makes total sense. Man,
1: my mind's blown over here. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh we wrote this is so funny. I, I just feel so convicted that I'm making these mistakes, even with some of the even with some of the best. We uh we wrote this book, what is it? Last year, it was called the Agency Growth Book, and we did it with Ryan um, Dyson and Digital Marketer. And the biggest thing I would have changed in that book was agency growth just assumes improvement. And we kept hitting like a plateau on that offer. And uh, our, our, our copywriter at the time was just like, yeah, he's like, you really need to like speak to somebody that wants to start an agency if you wanna, you know, scale this thing up to several hundred thousand dollars a month and spend. And uh, and so digital marketer like totally dove into that, where they're like, Yeah, we're gonna target consultants and some of those people are gonna graduate into agencies. And uh I feel like um I should have known better, but I still make these mistakes to this day.
0: <laughs> well, to your point, I think this is like. Such a big takeaway, hopefully, for somebody who's listening for that ads more than that ads and that offer, right? Is I talked about like those three things like repair, not so good. Um, repair is more about need, uh, improvement is more about obligation, and opportunity is about desire, dead simple. So, repair is linked to need, need is obviously boring. Um, and even when you're done, and you've done something for somebody, you have you've got exactly the same thing as you had before. So that's not great. Mm. Um improvement um is linked to obligation. Obligation is often resisted, it's very much resented. People procrastinate over improvement. Um, and th- they're begrudgingly, reluctantly will do something about it if they have to. Um opportunity linked to desire, that's more exciting. Um, and really, you know. For me, hopefully, as a takeaway for somebody, is you no, know, don't sell reprovement or repair, sell opportunity.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so good. Uh, I'm thinking through like every offer I've come up with and uh, <laughs> just like bucketing them right now. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out AdCard. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before AdCard, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend upfront, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different in streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at funneldash.com. This is amazing. So I want to hear about what's, uh, what's something that you thought was going to totally uh, crush and uh, sent you to the poorhouse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. That's where it comes out, is it? Right. <laughs> All right. So you think you're so smart. Okay, Ollie. Um, tell us something about that that really was shocking. Okay, cool. So I would say that um, what I'm about to say might surprise a lot of people, but it is the absolute truth. And um, I came up with this idea, and I think a lot of people in our space who run ads um looked at um I, I think there's a number of people that have popularized it, but basically it was creating a uh, if you want to call it a traffic system, you can. Uh, but I kind of came up with my own framework for it. It was really about building uh goodwill, good value content, uh through kind of like a full funnel approach. So I'll explain what I mean. Um technically what we would do is we would go and create lots of different content. Um, for top of funnel and so we would run a video view uh, campaign uh, on Facebook um, that essentially got people to watch our videos Um, and the top layer of the top of funnel was videos and content that was related to problems and desires so if you looked at any of that top of funnel content it was all kind of problems and desires and it was me speaking on stage and you know doing you know, talking about these issues. And of course, if you don't know me from Adam in different areas of the world, you that would be interesting to you. Um, and so we put a lot of effort into the video side of things and the campaign work that they wouldn't move to the middle of the funnel content, which I'll come back to in a second, unless they'd watched. So they would be excluded for themselves. So we would have like 20 pieces of content top of funnel. If they watched um, a fi- 15 second through play, then... Uh, they would then go into the audience for the middle of the funnel, and then, if they watched three seconds of the video, then they 'd be excluded from that one video, but then they would see the next top of funnel video content. It would create the audience for itself, and each one would be excluded from themselves as if everybody's followed following so far yeah so the idea is is that they would go through you know they could watch multiple pieces of top of funnel content, but they would never see the same piece of content again if they'd started watching it for three seconds. And then if they had watched 15 seconds, they'd go into the middle of the funnel. So in the middle of the funnel, um, we'd start building this audience. And again, I'd have another sort of 10 pieces of content in the middle of the funnel. And what I wanted to talk about there was about commandments um, and beliefs. So not problems and desires, because that's all top of funnel. Middle of funnel is more commandments and beliefs. And this is where really I'd have some content from me again, uh, cut up talking about like, you know, what we believe to be true, that, you know, in every business, there's a there's a business inside of your business that you don't know exists. Um, that's our belief. Um, and obviously we have a solution to that, which is, you know, our program, of course. Um And I would talk about other commandments as well, um, and in the middle of the funnel, we'd do something where we'd say, if, you know you like this content, um, then um, you know share it with other people, and we wouldn't really be driving a call to action um, in any of these things. complete goodwill content again, in the middle of the funnel, if they watched any video more than fifteen seconds on a through play, they'd then go into the bottom of the funnel audience. And that bottom of the funnel, that's where we actually found that we could almost just send people at that point directly to a calendar or an application quiz, and then booking straight into a high ticket sale. And, this whole kind of traffic system sounded amazing, right? we got our kind of what we do in different places. We've got these inclusions and exclusions. We can go out to huge, huge interest-based and category-based, very broad targeting, top of funnel, allow that to just really be able to just funnel in the best people as we go through and off we go to the races. Well, there was two big mistakes that I made. Um, one was that um, i we were putting quite a lot of ad spend through this because you need a lot of video views to bring them down to the bottom of the funnel uh, to get enough of an audience there to be able to actually market to. And a lot of the cases, you're using like a reach objective right at the bottom of the funnel because often these are smaller pools of audience. So uh, I ran a lot of ad spend at the top of the funnel and in the middle of the funnel. But what I was doing was I was doing it on auto placement. So most people know I was giving Facebook as much, uh, you know, uh, opportunity as possible uh, to spend my money. And what was happening was I was like, I don't really understand that we're spending all this money. We're getting like literally hundreds of thousands of video views, but not many of them are coming through the funnel. And as it turned out that when I did the breakdown of the placements of where my money was being spent, it was actually being spent in the audience network on something, which is the, uh, the thing that happens before the games. You know what I mean? um, Zach, where you have to watch the video and it's a forced video view. Like you can't skip it. It's audience
1: network is like the, the the worst
0: It's it's like the worst traffic. So, and I think it was called reward video, which, basically is these games and i just didn't realize that you know that it was because it was you know we were bringing people then into other parts of the funnel um but nothing was happening with them right it was just terrible audiences that we were building and um it was it was really bad it was really <laughs> avoid
1: really avoid audience network, avoid it'll, network. Get you, it'll get us you every time
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> And then I guess the second realization was, although probably how I've explained it sounds like this would be some sort of win, um, (laughs) it absolutely wasn't a win. And you know what I found was that I think that when we we do what we do, which is we're trying to drive people into qualified sales appointments, you know, um, a lot of the time where people are trying to get really clever with these sorts of strategies, I thought I was like a magician. Um the truth of the matter is is that um you know it, it probably three to five percent of the audience that you want to ideally target today with the right ad that's different that's polarizing that's probably a little bit controversial that nails a problem that provides a unique solution and you can show results. you can pretty much come right at the bottom there and take all of those people off the table every single day, and Facebook can find more of them for you. Um, And it's a lot less complicated, you don't have to wait as long to do it. And it kind of does fly in the face a lot of like using all of the different objectives like I was talking about there. Uh, But quite honestly, you don't need hundreds and hundreds of sales calls. You know, one sales rep can do a 100 grand a month, I don't know where people want to build their businesses to. uh, But we have multiple six figure months with like two reps. So
1: um
0: it, it I don't need to worry about that. I mean, as far as like speaking of reps for it. a
1: second, like how do you um and I think this might also be just a segment into this next segment as we start talking about just the financial, you know, principles here. One of the things I'm thinking about is how do you incentivize your sales people? Uh, sure. you know, you know, with, with these programs? How do you incentivize them on Getting a line for getting as much cash up front versus payment plans, straight commissions. Do
0: you, you yeah. what so do you see typically there? we, um, we are we, we, with the two offers, they're selling high ticket. Um, so we have a, a really a rule that we kind of give people is that they want to be really paying commission or some sort of draw. Um, if they need to. You know, in the early days, maybe when your offer isn't as refined and you're not quite sure like quite what the close rate should be. I actually always advise people, even if they're a bit introverted and don't want to do the sales calls, to do the sales calls anyway themselves before they hire a rep, just so they can understand like what the show up is and what the close rate should be. Um, and then bring a rep in at that point when you know. So when a rep comes in, they may be a bit unsure about who you are. Um, and you know, you may have to put them on a draw. So, you know, I'm going to pay you $5,000 a month, but you have to make X amount of sales before or you have to bring in this much cash collection before then you then start making commission. That's kind of a draw. Uh, people don't know what that means. Um, but I'm more of a fan really of hiring like good reps, um, who kind of may have already sold these types of things in the past, um, may, and also understand the offer, and may also be a past customer is a good kind of pool for them. And we pay, depending upon the offer, between 10 to 15% um, of cash collection. Basically means, uh, say it was 10% for easy numbers, if you were selling a $5,800 offer, then they if they did a one pay, like all, uh, all up front, $5,800, then they get paid $580. Um, and then, of course, if it was a two pay and it was $2,900 or three payments of two uh, k they would only get paid on the cash collection, so every time we collected say the second or third month payment, then they would still get their ten percent of those collections um, but it also then incentivizes them if they've oversold on the phone to a high ticket program then and they've you know really pushed somebody over the line with a you know a three pay and that person you know drops out of collection then There's actually an opportunity for that rep to re engage them rather than a, a customer support person, um, to be able to do that, um, you know, and we, honestly, yeah, this is amazing, often, yeah. We got, I think, most of the time, though, to be honest, with a lot of the time, like, um, that also plays into ads as well, right? Because, um, the, that cash flow trough is very real, um, and the lead to buyer time, like, the, I think. I'll just say this very quickly uh, because there's some like some good stuff in this, but most people don't measure like lead to scheduled call time. So they don't know how many days that is. They also don't know how many days it takes from somebody actually having a scheduled appointment to them actually buying. And then the third metric is what the lead to actual buyer time is. So most people don't measure all of those things to really understand like with confidence, which it's yeah. all about, mm-hmm. how much confidence do I have in scaling this thing because they don't know that. Well, you're,
1: t- you're playing with high stakes here. And, and so a mm-hmm. couple things I want to highlight um, is you're on a $10,000 coaching offer. You're going to spend, let's say up to $2,500, ideally on paid traffic. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay out up to $1,000 in sales commissions. So you're in at you know, 3,500. And you're in a leverage fulfillment model. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that that, that comes to mind? Just there? your general
0: expenses of like yeah, let's yeah. assume you know you've got um, your funnel dash account obviously pays for itself, right? Um, <laughs> you've got
1: your um, you've got your yeah. let's say over. Let's just say yeah, overhead. 100%. You know, throw in yeah. another you know ten percent or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fair um,
1: and that's why. Yeah, so now, so now you, know, so now you can go way. from an agency. Sorry to sorry to cut yeah. off there. You can go from an agency with ten to twenty percent margins to a leverage model with you know 60 percent margins, um, which is a better life. <laughs> yeah. so the that's other the other part. Let's talk about the cash component. If I'm summarizing this correctly, mm-hmm. if you're spending, you know, uh, twenty five hundred out the gate, is it fair to say that the time from lead to sale you know is going to be 30 to, to 30 days and then maybe time to break even on this model is going to be closer to 60 60 days
0: um no um it's actually um, about, might might surprise you but as 60 more than 60 percent of our calls are one call closes, um so we don't actually open the calendars out More than three more than four days uh, in advance. So, the moment that somebody opts in and then they go through the process, um, they are you know, there's obviously a funnel that goes on for you know, 30 days or short term nurture or whatever. But the majority of people, um, are people that go from opt in to the scheduled appointment, um, and then from that point, they can generally then book. Um, maybe not the same day because there's a bit of indoctrination, a bit of priming that goes on before the call with stuff we send them, but we don't have the calendars more than four days out because generally the show up rate declines quite quickly. Uh,
1: um, I feel like we but, could have you back for a whole nother episode, all just on like one call closes and structuring this call. But yeah. you've been amazing, and uh, I um, I, I think it's been like an awesome, awesome episode. I would love to have everybody just kind of learn a little bit more about how, you know, how they can get in touch and what you've got going on because uh, I feel like this, this podcast is like the perfect pitch for any agency that wants to, to create a leverage program.
0: Yeah. I mean um, anybody that wants to scale past a hundred grand a month uh, with some degree of speed, obviously profit predictability and do it without working evenings and weekends uh at doing your agency then we can absolutely definitely help um for sure with that that's awesome is that
1: they just go to uh nextlevelbusiness.com
0: that's it yeah nextlevelbusiness.com and um there's like some there's a little quiz at the bottom of the the the, the page there and um uh, then we can we can talk to you about how we might be able to help
1: yeah Awesome. Thank you so much, Ollie. I really appreciate it. It's been an amazing episode. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, Go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do take a copy screenshot of it email me zach at funnel show me you left a review and i'll give you a free copy of the rich ad poor ad book to learn more about the book go to richadpoorad.com to leave a review go to richadpoorad.com slash review thanks again